gun Ramos looking like he's got one more good run Sips a little shaky But his heart is still true Oh how that dog loves hunting with me and you Sporting dog adventures run Hey, this is Jeff Fuller of Soggy Acres Retrievers and Sporting Dog Adventures TV. We have had a great run showing our love for dogs with our show, our podcast, our social media, and all that is based on Soggy Acres Retrievers. We proudly bring this podcast to you by Soggy Acres Retrievers and ask you if you are looking for training, boarding, or a yellow, black, or chocolate Labrador Retriever puppies, please check out SoggyAcres.com. Remember, everyone deserves a Soggy Dog. Our great fans of the Sporting Dog Adventures podcast, we are growing at an astronomical rate, and I want to thank you all. I do ask one thing from you. Please give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Please give us a thumbs up. Follow us, subscribe to us on whatever other platforms you're on. And the most important thing I can ask, share our podcast with your friends so that we can grow our love for the dogs and dogs in the field and make it so that people are more involved in our sport. Again, thank you so much for being listeners. Take care. Welcome to the Sporting Dog Adventures podcast. I am your host, Jeff Fuller, and I'm excited. Teal season is upon us here in my home state of Wisconsin, as well as many states. It starts soon. We start September 1st. I know a lot of places start mid-September, but teal season is honestly my my most favorite hunt because there's just something about having 30 to 40 little rockets come flying in, and when you're with a group of people, maybe only dropping one bird or dropping 12 birds, but the fun of dropping multiple birds and then the fun of dropping none because everyone just flock shoots, nothing better than that. That is, it's my favorite hunt. I always really enjoyed when we went and filmed them. And now I've got our boat, which is the SS Potamus, that is basically a floating blind that we can use, as well as a couple of spots that we can walk into. I am more than excited to get out in the field and to hunt teal this upcoming season. So this show is going to be dedicated about the fun of early season hunting as well as the fun of getting your dog ready, last minute tips, and then I wanted to talk about something as far as getting cover so that you can actually see and shoot if you hunt in a wetland because we've got an interesting thing in the marsh at a few of our spots as well as a few of the places we're going to take our boat where the cover is extremely high so how much cover do you take down while thinking about later in the year so that will be our show today first let's talk about teal season generally speaking i would say 95 percent of the birds we shoot are blue wing teal and what i've always found interesting is that they don't hang out together I've watched on a marsh where they must eat different things. Maybe I should not be so lazy and should look it up, but they are found in different areas as far as the blue wing and the green wing. And the blue wing have an earlier migration 
than the Green Wing, which I've always found interesting because of the fact that the Green Wing is such a small bird, but yet it waits till later in the year and the Blue Wing are out front of the migration. It is always interesting because in Wisconsin, we're hunting them September 1st. Our weather will be mid to upper 70s on most of the days, but yet they're migrating. Because you can look at areas that start, like Louisiana, where I've hunted often, that start mid-month, and they're seeing a migration, and they're seeing birds actually leaving and heading out as they migrate south uh, across the Caribbean Sea or down to Mexico. So it's an interesting bird for me. I love when you get into an area that's got a fresh push of birds, just the enormity of the flocks where you can see them coming and they're bouncing against each other and they're they're just flying in this great formation and then they come in and if you can get them to set up and get them to land, nothing beats that when you have that where you just light into them. I think back of hunts I went on with the Hadel family and their good friends and we had this camp where they would roll down the cover in these old rice fields. We had a hunt where we dropped 12 birds, 10 birds, and 8 birds in three different volleys. Talk about fun. We had great people that could shoot, and the birds just finished. So that's what I'm looking forward to this year, and I I just can't wait. My teal season is going to be very different because places we've hunted in the past, including our own blinds, there's no water. And it is such that even if there is water, there's such a high cover that it kind of puts you in that precarious question of how much cover do you do you knock down? Once the cover is rolled down, will the birds then land in that cover? Are they going to land out past it? And we're looking at still being about 10 days from season start, a little more than 10 days, I don't even know if we'll have water in those spots that had very little water now. So it's going to be an interesting year, a year of learning. Again, we've added a duck barge. I had a 12-foot pontoon boat that we had here at our property. We got it registered. We outfitted it. Still got to work on the blind stuff a little bit, but it's going to be a great little mobile blind that we can use to scout still yet this year and to take to those spots that we find and to hunt at least three or four people off of as well as a dog. I can't, something about when you sit at a new spot to wonder, did you find the right spot? Are you in the right spot? Are you not 30 yards off of the X? And to put that all together makes it so much fun. And then we've got our different places that we've hunted where I've tried to go into places that we've normally hunted and get the cover rolled down so that it is at a position where we can hunt it. But will there even be water there? If there is a small amount of water with the amount of algae we had on the ground, will the birds be in there? Because you don't know if they're going to be eating in that area. It's just going to be such an interesting year for me personally that I'm very excited. So it is something that I need to go up. I've got to get my decoys ready. I've got to get my spinning wing decoys out. I might try this year some different tactics where I put out, 
I don't know, six or eight spinners just to see if it works better than two spinners. Uh, with the heavier cover, I might put out less decoys and just have them in more visible spots. The strategy part of it is going to be so different that I'm very excited. We are heading up on the weekend before to get our decoys out, get all of our stuff set so that basically when we pick out whatever spot we're going to hunt, it's just getting out there in the morning and going for it. I have to say that uh, that uh, I had a whole week before season that I was very excited. I had the whole week off, no dogs in for training. I was going to go up. I was going to scout. I got stuck with jury duty. So my best laid plans are going to be spent sitting in a courtroom waiting to see if someone will pick me for a jury. I doubt they will be in retired law enforcement, but it's still... I can't go to my hunting camp until I'm released from jury duty. So I'm hoping that I get picked the first day. I can go there. I can get told, no, we don't want to pass a retired police uh, sergeant on our, on our jury. And I can then plan out my, my weeks later so that I can go up and I can just sit in the marsh, enjoy it, sit out there for an hour, hour and a half in the morning, drink a cup of coffee, maybe eat breakfast, and watch to see if there's any birds. But... As, as, as time goes on, your best laid plans usually don't work out that way. So it'll probably end up being where I can't do that and I'm going to just have to uh, just have to wing it and, and, and kind of go from there. So regardless, I do not have jury duty when teal season starts. We've got a good group of people coming up, including my sons. We're going to rotate a few people in and out. I've got a few new hunters coming in that I've never duck hunted before. I always try to do that every year. Take out some new people that haven't hunted before to try to get them hooked on the sport to grow our sport. Everyone needs to do that. That is important. Again, take out new hunters. I get that everyone has their favorite spot, that everyone has their leased land, and you put a lot of time into it. You put a lot of time into scouting. Try to get those people out there. If they want to hunt later, you need to get them to help out in later years so that they have buy-in on it. That's really important, just having people that will help. And then move on from there so that we can grow our sport, we can make it bigger. If it's a good guy or a good lady and they understand how much time you're putting in, you can explain to them, you know what, it's not respectful to hunt my spot. If you're not hunting with me, they're going to understand. Pick people wisely, pick people that are excited for the sport, Pick people that want to get involved and show them the magic of waterfowl and upland hunting this year. So that is going to be it for this part. Kind of an all over the map beginning to the podcast because I'm just talking with what's popping into my head, which is holy crap, hunting season is finally here. We're going to talk next about some last minute stuff that we need to work on with our dogs to get to the point where... Uh, where we have them ready in our training tip. And then in our hunting tip, <coughs> I wanted to talk about how much cover do you take down in front of your blinds so that you can see birds and where birds fall as opposed to do you take down too much cover and hurt yourself for later in the season. We'll have all that and more coming up after this. Jeff Fuller again from Soggy Acres Retrievers and Sporting Dog Adventures Podcast. When you look at hunting, you need to have yourself prepared. Our good friends at Mac Outdoors have reloading supplies as well as great clay target machines to get you prepared so you have more success in the field. 
Don't get that dirty look from your dog. Check out Mac Outdoors. Jeff Fuller from Sporting Dog Adventures and Soggy Acres Retrievers. In our house, my wife hates having the plastic kennels and wire crates. We need them for the dogs because we have times when they need to be put somewhere. But she cannot stand the look. So we talked to DCT Kennels and we now have a new partnership with them for a product that is a crate but also a piece of furniture. If you want something that is practical as well as great looking, check out DCT Kennels. Welcome back to the show. We are going to do our training tip portion of the podcast today. And today is that last minute item you need to work with on your dog. It's going to sound like I am beating a dead horse. Sorry to all horses out there. That's just a phrase. We're not actually beating a dead horse. But the thing that you always need to work on is steadiness. Last year in teal season, I took out two dogs that both had grand passes. They both did wonderful and they both broke. So you want to go out in your yard, work with bumpers. Remember, it's not about the retrieve, it's about the steadiness. Take out a dead bird, take out a bumper, throw it for the dog, have them sit there until you release them on their name, have them come back, finish the retrieve to hand, whether it's to heel or to hand on a front finish, and make sure that the mechanics of your retrieve are there Hopefully we can get a correction in with our e-collar so that the dog understands if you do break, you are going to get corrected. If the dog does break, I put them on a constant correction and I do not let them have that retrieve. I hit it on constant until they turn and come back. I bring them into heel, I make them sit, and then I release them. A good way to look at this is treat it like hunting. Don't release them after two seconds vary the amount of time that you're going to do your release so that they don't auto release if you by auto release i mean if you are constantly training and you're waiting the one two three count to release the dog the dog the minute they see you move or release on the three count because they know it's coming if you go to the point where you're waiting 10 seconds 20 seconds with hunting season here i'll put a dog in a dog blind and wait a minute because they need to understand they're not going to go until we let them go the thought process behind that is that you, again, are in a position where you could have a bunch of birds working, especially early in the year. You might shoot at some birds, drop a few birds, and that flock will come back around as you call. You want to make sure the dog is not breaking out there and flaring your birds. So it's important to keep them where they're at, which is in their place, so that they don't break and so that they don't cause any anguish for you or put themselves in danger. Too often we forget the fact that a dog breaking is putting themselves in front of the gunfire, it's putting themselves in front of the noise, causing their hearing to be uh, to really suffer. So for the safety of the dog, work with them on these drills. Work with them on varying your count on your release, and then go from there. On your release, I often get wider release dogs with their name as opposed to telling them fetch. That comes down to if you have multiple dogs out and they all released on fetch, you'd have three dogs going at once when you honestly only want one dog working on one bird and maybe releasing if you have two dogs on a second bird. Work with them on these mechanics. Again, don't worry about the length of retreat. We're not worried about marking. We're worried about control. Get that control completely to where it needs to be here with a few days left right before season. So that's our tip for today's podcast. Next, we're going to talk about removing some cover 
in the early season for your blinds, but not removing too much so that you can be in a position so you have good cover later in the year. We'll have that coming up after this. Hey, this is Jeff Fuller from Sporting Dog Adventures Podcast. I want you to know that we buy all of our trucks at Boucher Automotive. We go to Janesville. They've got a great selection, great staff. If you're looking for a new truck or car, check out our friends at Boucher Automotive in Janesville. Welcome back to the show again. We are on our hunting tip portion of the podcast. And today I wanted to talk about what we're working on, which is you've got your spot that you're going to put your boat or you're going to put your blind or you're going to sit on the ground. What do you do as far as the cover in front so that you're concealed during early season, but you're not killing yourself during later seasons? And I wanted to talk about this because it's something I've made mistakes on. We have our blinds this year. I put something called Speed Read up on the majority of our blinds. It is like a plastic cattail um, cattail uh, uh, function that I've painted because, honestly, out of the box it came, it was too bright. So I painted it with a flat paint so it wasn't too bright. And I have it. It looks like late season cover. Now, the reason I did that is that I'm going to leave up enough green cover from early season that you won't even be able to see this other cover. So it's going to give me the advantage of I've got my early season cover. I'm counting on natural cover. And this year we have a lot of natural cover. We had very low water, so we've got a lot of cover growing up. I've got some spots where we're going to sit on the land uh, on places I scouted and some spots where we are going to sit in a blind and some spots with a boat where we had to take cover down because now that the water has come up, there's water in those areas and there's food in those areas and the birds are going to be in those. You can go into those thick cover areas and the birds are coming out. So how do we make it so we have a pocket where we can put out decoys, we can put it in the food, in the cover, and have it so that these spots can be usable later in the year. What I do is I basically try to leave at least 10 to 15 feet of untouched cover in front of the blinds, period. I make an area so that we can obviously get into the blind. And then the area that I'm using to get into the blind, which is uh, where, you're, where you're driving in, I put the dog blind there so then the dog has a straight shot where they can see well. Again, make sure you remember the dog needs to be able to see to mark properly. So we want to make sure that the dog can get out, the dog can see, and also you have an area where you can get out if you have to handle your dog uh, using uh, your, your casting or lining the dog for other retrieves. So try to make it so you've got 10 to 15 feet because that cover that looks so high right now, I've mm -hmm. cut it already at blind height and hosed myself because then it came down to where the cover dies off and it shrivels down and now my entire blind is sitting out in the open. We didn't have our blinds covered as well in the past because quite honestly, I just ran out of time, had too many blinds, didn't have enough help, all of the above. So this year I tried to find a permanent solution on something that would look better than what we've had in the past and also be a later season cover look while still trying to keep that and we got a call coming in so I apologize for that everyone 
Um, you get to listen to the uh, to the theme song. You set it. My phone, <laughs> my phone ringtone. Hopefully here it'll stop pretty quick. I should have put my phone on airplane mode for the podcast. But again, as we listen to the wonderful Sporting Documentaries podcast song, realize we also had a TV show. Go to YouTube. You can check out Sporting Dog Adventures on our old uh, our old uh, uh, shows. And now that the song ended, we'll get back to talking about the cover. So again, I leave 10 to 15 feet of cover. It's harder to see, yes. But I learned before, when you knock that cover down or cut it off so that you can see, you just get to the point where you're now completely hosed once the cover does die off because you're basically a blind sitting out there. So unless you really have great cover on your blind, you're sticking out like a sore thumb. So that's what we did this year. Uh, we have most of our spots, at least half our spots set. We're going to do the other half probably the uh, this weekend and the weekend before. But we're going to be putting ourselves in a position so that nature will cover most of what we need. And then we have a permanent cover that's going to look more toward like a later in the season type of a, a process for once we get to once it's later, later and big duck season is open. I hope that helps you so much for this upcoming season. Again, I am really excited. I'll be on at least two more times with the podcast before season and probably a couple during season, but we are very excited. This is the time that we've all trained for. It's the time that we're all looking forward to. Sorry again for uh, the, the break there in the action where we got to listen to someone calling on phone, but it did give you a chance to listen to, again, the theme song. Go to YouTube. Uh, we're also on Carbon TV. We're on Rumble. Uh, we've got our show still on uh, with past seasons on in most of the state of Wisconsin. We love dogs. We have soggy acres retrievers. We love helping get more people involved in the sport, whether it's selling them a great puppy, training them, or giving you some tips here on the podcast. Everyone have a great week. Take care and God bless. Sporting dog adventures run, boy, run. Everything you need is here under the sun.